Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia. The podcast that makes you question your life choices. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of Two Humorous Nurses, where we bring you funny, informal, conversational chat about all things nursing. First up, we're talking about the old maid of nursing, the one, the only, Flo Nardo. Flo Nardo, <laughs> aka Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp, um, the bee's knees of hand washing. And later we'll be discussing our favourite fictional nurse villain, Nurse Mildred Ratchet. Now, if you're a nurse or training to be a nurse, everybody's heard of Flo Knight. Flo Gale. <laughs> Do you know her? Uh, so this is just a fun fact. Her name shouldn't have been Nightingale. It was a name that her dad adopted because his rich uncle or something gave him heaps of money. And so his oh, name, really? yeah, I wish oh, I can't remember what his name was, but it was something really boring. And so then he became Nightingale, so she was Nightingale. So her name would have been like, like a stage name. Yeah, <laughs> her name her name was probably like Florence Boggs or something. Like <laughs> so boring. <laughs> um, so we're just going to give a bit of rundown of who yeah. Flo is and tell um, me about her. I yeah, don't actually so, know much about her at all. So well, I learned a few things actually. I had to do a bit of research. Like we all know that she sort of pioneered hygiene and hand washing in nursing, but um, <clears throat> I guess I didn't remember that much about her because <laughs> I think we do talk about her a lot um, in uni and all that. Um, basically, she was born into a really rich, privileged family um, in 1920, so family had heaps of money. And I think the expectation from her was that she wasn't going to be a working woman. She'd get a husband and make a home and As you'd have, have babies. Pop some babies and, out. Yeah, barefoot and pregnant. Traditional female gender role but um <laughs> she was determined that that wasn't going to happen for her um she believed actually so she wanted to be a nurse from the very beginning and apparently she used to like nurse sick animals and the servants when the servants Aww. would get sick she would look after them so that's kind of cute um but then later when she was 17 so I've got a direct quote here she says um that she believed she was called into service by God and then in quotes, to do something toward lifting the load of suffering from the helpless and miserable. So the complete opposite for the reason why I got into nursing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in that time, most nurses didn't have formal training because the work was so menial, like bedpans and yeah. whatever. Um, bed making and I don't even know. That, that was very important back in the day. My grandma used to tell me how... At the start of your shift, you stood at the end of your bed in a big, like, 30-bed ward and the matron did the round with the doctor and if your patient's, like, um, bed spread was not even on both sides and she would have a ruler and measure. What a complete waste of time. <laughs> I know. We looked at her um, nursing history records a few years, um, probably like 10 years ago now, um, when the Royal Perth Hospital let them all out. She, um, she did really well in like bed making, cleaning and cooking and not so well in patient care because that wasn't a priority, I <laughs> That's guess. That's not important when not you're important. an old school nurse. No. Clean those glass syringes. I remember um, I did a placement at the Royal Children's and I was like, oh, how do you guys make the beds here? And they were like what do you mean just put the sheet on? And they had flat sheets and you just like, there's not even a fitted sheet. Like you just put flat sheets on and tucked them under the mattress. Yeah, and then you got to do nursing corners. No, they did, literally nobody cared how the beds were. This like, is why this I don't sick. make my bed because I did like a hundred years of tucking in bloody nursing corners of you. And so I now refuse to make my bed. <laughs> just as <I'm> like, principle. <laughs> um, but I know some people are anal about the um, – Pillow, the pillowcase, the edge of it mm. has to the open bit has away to face the, the window. Yeah. yeah, away from the door. What the hell? I know. This is very um, 
I'm glad. I hope everyone knows how to make that bed now. Mm. And I think if you ask my stepmom, you like with the pillows on a double bed, the, it should face in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I actually do that. Well, I I don't make my bed, so no. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, yeah, so no formal training, but um, because Flo was like privileged, she trained internationally at like some fancy nursing mm, school. Of course she did. Yeah, of course. So she got a job. Um, this was like just before the Crimea War, which is when she sort of became super famous. So she got a job in a house for ailing governesses and um, she was promoted really quickly. And then some secretary, the secretary of war, how cool is that? Oh, that is cool. <laughs> I want to be the secretary of war. They invited her to organise a corps of nurses to tend to the patients in the Crimea War because... I actually love this story. It's so good. So the hospital where all the soldiers were was sitting on a cesspool, basically, (laughs) and it contaminated all the water. It contaminated the building and more of the soldiers were dying from infectious diseases than from their war injuries. Oh, no. So so they're like, shit, we're getting desperate. We're going to have to, like, call in Flow and the crew. (laughs) And, like, they had no supplies. There was, like, more rats probably than supplies. So... Pretty much the patients were all lying in their own shit and then drinking shit contaminated water and then dying. Um, So then Florence comes over with some nurses and then some wives from the soldiers. I actually love this. So (laughs) this is something I wish we could do. (laughs) She got all the soldiers who weren't that sick to clean the hospital. (laughs) So she like put them to work. She's like, right, nothing wrong with you. Get the fuck up. Here's a scrubbing brush off your trot. If you lay in bed, you'll die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I thought that was um, pretty cool. So, um, and then she got to tend to the sickest patients. Um, And something I think is interesting. So she's well known for pioneering the whole hand washing thing because she was super passionate about like data collection and analytics and stuff. Oh, wow. I know. I didn't know any of this. Who knew that was around back then? Well, because there was lots of research happening. Um, So she used to like, she used to keep up to date. And I think this is something, it's kind of like a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) God, you might actually learn something. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she used to keep up to date with all the research that was happening internationally and then implement it in her care. And it actually worked. (laughs) Miracle of miracles. So there was this Hungarian doctor, I'm going to say his name, Ignaz Semmelweis, (laughs) in the 1840s, (laughs) who had observed a huge difference um, that hand washing had made to the death rates on maternity wards. So she basically like took all of his research and put that into practice. I feel kind of sorry for Ignaz because she's kind of taking credit for all his work. So she implemented the whole hand hygiene thing and she actually wrote a book in 1860. So she went to the Crimea War in like the 1850, I think it was like 1854 or something. And then in 1860, um, she wrote a book called Notes in Nursing, which was not so much like a nursing guide, but it was actually more a guide for lay people on how to prevent disease. So it was, I've got some info here. So it was like all the domestic interiors must be kept clean Dirty carpets and unclean furniture pollute the air just as much as if there were a dung heap in the basement. So that's a direct quote from her book. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then something else that I thought was really cool was that because she had kept up to date and, like, been interested in all the research that was going on, um, she actually started looking at social well-being as well. 
She was one smart lady. Yeah, I know. I I mean, we learn about holistic healthcare now, but like... Yeah, back then, I guess, you know, they weren't doing a whole lot of anything. Well, and and now even I think there's a little bit of resistance into Mm. some aspects of holistic healthcare. Like I'm a big advocate for non-pharmacological intervention for pain, um, depending on what it is. Hugs, not drugs. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not in not in Corona. <laughs> Acupuncture, not drugs. Maybe social distance. No, um, but yeah, like oh, I'm a bit a big advocate for people trying any other sort of alternative therapies rather yeah. than going on a, a painkiller twice a day. You know, there are other options, yeah, and I think sure. being a nurse that maybe is controversial because, um, you know, we're supposed to support the decisions of the doctors and that sort of thing, but. A lot of the time I'll say to patients, look, have you tried physio at home? Have you tried doing a bit of exercise? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she encouraged soldiers to read, write and socialise during their convalescence so they wouldn't sink into boredom and alcoholism, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Or depression. Maybe if more alcoholics would just read a fucking book, they would (laughs) (laughs) write a letter. (laughs) Get off Facebook. (laughs) Um, Um, She actually also, sorry, what were you going to say? No. Keep going. I was, I was just say, laughing at you, bloody poor alcoholics out there thinking, oh, God, I better read. So was, um, she also, um, she actually got sick during the Crimea War. So she caught the Crimea fever, which is, um, yeah, something that was actually killing a lot of the soldiers. And um, because of that, she became quite frail um, as mm. she got older and then ended up just being a consultant. So she worked a lot of her life from home, just consulting. Like she did a lot of important work for sanitation in India. I don't know how good that's going at the moment. <laughs> She's, that sounds so – like that's really interesting. I didn't realise that she was so into statistics and um, like that research and, think, and following up Yeah, I think worldwide. she actually ended up like writing a book. She wrote a medical book as well. Mm. Um, she wrote a lot actually. She did a lot of consulting, a lot of work with statisticians. Yeah, so that was like a huge passion of hers was um, looking at the data and I think – Actually, I had a statistic here, but I can't find it. Was that they had actually decreased the death rate of those soldiers in the hospital by like two thirds. So just I from being cleaner and yeah, and yeah, just hand hygiene yeah, and just from cleaning yeah. up, getting like the actual environment. Like, and mm. it, it, when you think about it, when you go into hospital, it's the freaking cleanest place in, in the world. Like, it's and the the mm. whole thing about oh, is it hospital grade? It's like yeah, because it kills every single bug. Like yeah, that's right. Um. And I guess maybe that's why hospitals are so clean as well because they know that nowadays – or I think, you know, the whole being free from microorganisms thing can help you not get sick. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> um, Stop the spread. You know, I don't know how much of an impact that had on environmental, you know, hospital interventions, mm. but interesting anyway. Interesting. And she was a writer as well. She wrote a heap of other books and she actually wrote some like now classed as feminist literature because she was basically so against the grain. Do so you know if she on. married or anything? No, she never did and she oh, never really? had kids. Yep. Wow. She just died alone probably. Sad. Mm. <laughs> Poor Flo. Hope she had a lamp on. Well, you got – oh, yeah, I never talked to – so she was called the lady <laughs> the lady with the lamp because um, she used to do her rounds at night – with a lamp in the soldiers' barracks or in the hospital. Um, so they all nicknamed her the lady in the lamp or the angel of the Crimea, I think. Um, she sounds like an angel. Yeah. I actually thought I was going to find some 
like, I don't know, facts that weren't that good. Like, I thought, surely she's going to have a flaw. Like, surely, surely she's an asshole. Like, I was like, surely something's going to come up. Like, Florence didn't have any friends or, like, no one liked her. She, but she actually turned down a heap of marriage proposals and her family weren't very happy with her. But, <laughs> you know, she didn't care because she was rich. And yeah. So she, she actually fulfilled their dream. She fulfilled her own dream. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's well, no, maybe cool. not their dream, their expectation. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. She sounds like the complete opposite of uh, old Mildred. <laughs> Can you tell us, please? <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about Mildred because I don't know about our listeners if we have any, but um, <laughs> I, I've been watching Ratchet on oh, Netflix. Obsessed. I watched it all in like. Two and a half days. Do you and know, I love her character, but me. I felt like it was actually a bit slow the storyline. But um, yeah. Well, I don't um, I don't really have anything to like. I never watched the original movie. I tried to while researching for this, but um, <laughs> why didn't you? I thought you were one going of the to. streaming services. Just wanted fourteen ninety nine for it, and I'm not paying that for a movie that was filmed in nineteen seventy five. But you'll pay five hundred dollars for uh, podcast equipment. <laughs> yeah, but people will love us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so which nurse Mildred, like uh, nurse Ratchet, have you gone with, or is well, it? I've done a bit of research on it, so I did look it up. So, Mildred uh, Ratchet, nurse Ratchet, she was actually not called Mildred in the book. She was never named. Apparently, it was the movie that gave her the name. That name, the or oh, the one flew over the cuckoo's, cuckoo's nest. nest. Yeah. Okay. So, um, she's a fictional character, obviously, but the writer of the book. He based it – he used to work in um, uh, like – I guess he worked in asylums and things like that as they called them back then yeah, right. um, as a orderly and um, he based it on the nurse manager that he saw there and then she was so led everyone by this, you know, overwhelming fear that when he saw her out at a, um, a fairground, he realised that she was actually really small and not intimidating at all. Um. So the book, the novel was written in 62, 1962. I wasn't right. born back then. Oh. And <laughs> sure you weren't. The, it was made into a movie in 1975. Also wasn't born then. Um, You're a liar. <laughs> I wasn't born in, I was born after 75. It's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> the actress that played at Louise Fletcher, she won a, um, uh, what's the? Oscar. Oscar for wow. her role. And she basically brought this character to life. Can you, do you know anything about the movie? Because I haven't seen it. I watched parts of it on YouTube. I watched little <laughs> clips of it. <laughs> and like I actually it. would like, I want to watch it, yeah, but right. I'm not paying for it. So <laughs> <laughs> We need like Video Easy to come back so we can just go oh rent the God. DVD. Hey, not that I've got anything to play it on. Video Easy out the front of RGA? You know that? Yeah, um, I wonder if they oh, I bet you they don't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Ratchet is calm and calculated and she's condescending as all fuck. With a bone-chilling deadpan stare that basically put fear into all the men in the mental institution. Why just the men? That's all the all the characters were men. Oh. So the book's written from the perspective of this mute Indian. Um, the, the book is so racist and full of misogynistic overtones. Oh, wow. Not that I've read it either, but <laughs> I read <laughs> some articles on it. So as you can all tell, we're uh, authorities <laughs> on these topics. I do like Ratchet though. Like she sort of appeals to me a little bit. Um, but yeah, they're all men. So this bloke who wrote, like it's written in his perspective of him watching the interactions and um, cool. of her and the main male character. Um, his name is, 
McMurphy. Um, so she controls them uh, and the hospital and has this, like, order and everything's done her way. And when they question her, she just puts it all back on there and plays semantics and, yeah, right. you know, puts it back on says they wouldn't like that. You're changing their routine and all this stuff. And so basically makes them stay in this realm of confusedness and... Like gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, literally gaslighting. Yeah. So she is super calm. She's always got this um, stone-cold face. And in the movie, Louise Fletcher plays it so well. Like she just stands there and stares at them and then when they realise that um, not, she's not going to give in, she just gives them this smirk that just makes you want to punch her in the fucking face. <laughs> Which McMurphy almost does. Um, she's praised consistently throughout by the superiors and of the hospital and the doctors saying that she's the finest nurse in the hospital and that praise basically makes her think that her methods and her nursing is, it's all, pre- like it's all worthwhile. And she's a so, sociopath. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, I actually pretty much wrote that. I Did think, you really? Yeah. I think that she's, um, believes that she's doing the right thing by the men, like, you know, that her mm. methods are helping and everything, but all she's doing is causing them psychological pain and a lot of damage. Um, in the movie, McMurphy's not uh, – he doesn't have any psychological illnesses, so he starts to push back and trigger her, like, really badly. Yeah, right. And she starts to lose control. And as she starts to lose control in the movie, they show – I watched a scene where he – all they wanted to do was watch the baseball and she said no. And so he starts to – he gathers, gathers them all around and, and starts to call – like a baseball scene and gets them all excited and she's just standing in the office just getting louder, like angry and you can see her face starting to crack and her eyes are just getting so big and then she just puts on the intercom and just screams at them to be quiet. Yeah, right. And I was just like, Do you know any nurses like this? No. No. (laughs) I was going to say this. It's like obviously she's fictional but, you know, for him to be inspired – for that character, for the the mm. author to be inspired for that character by somebody that he knows. I know. Like I think um, maybe back in the sixties and like the fifties and sixties where you had that really stern mm, matron yeah. mm. and you never questioned them. Like my grandmother always said to me, I can't believe how much you question your superiors. Mm. And I'm like, but well, why wouldn't I? Like yeah. I want to know what I'm doing is right and what if I want their rationale behind them. Yeah, absolutely. But back then I think you never know because even everyone that worked for her just did what she said, whether they thought it was right or wrong. And I guess that's showing in Ratchet, the TV series that we just watched. Everyone just kind of got on and did it. And she had so much control over them because she's like literally gaslighting I'm them. I'm very confused about her in the TV series. Like I'm, I think I must be only halfway through. But I'm very confused about what her intentions are with her patients because I feel like at times she's trying to help. She yeah. But I then th- she literally pushes them to the edge yeah. in some yeah. circumstances. Like one guy she pretty much was like, Well, here you go. go. Go kill yourself. Yeah. Um Yeah, so so she basically triggers the patients as much as they as like McMurphy triggers mm. her. So she just she can just get to the depths of their souls. So um, after that, uh, so they hold a party in there. Um, and they now, because I've watched, I've just read snippets of things. So apparently they hold a party and there's one boy in there who is young and he's, you know, attempted suicide multiple times and he falls for a prostitute that, um, McMurphy brings in and 
he wants them to like leave the hospital and go live their lives together and stuff. And, and, um, anyway, after Ratched walks in in the morning after when they're all laying around drunk and hung over and she just gets them all up and is like ropeable angry at them. And the boy said, well, he's like a young man, I guess he says something to her and she just turns and looks at him and just says, do you want me to tell your mother? And he like goes from this like strong, like empowered person back to this stuttering. And he's like, don't, yeah, like don't do it, don't do it. And she said, well, why wouldn't I? And then he goes, like he leaves and next thing you know, he's in the bedroom and he has um, killed himself. And so all the men are like outraged and she just comes out of the room and turns around to them and just tells them to get on with their day. And to forget about what happened in here and that enrages McMurphy mm. because obviously the whole situation's just a shambles. And he attacks her and basically strangles her. She Does he kill her? No. Oh. But apparently in the movie, so at the premiere, Louise um, Fletcher said that everyone hated Ratched so much that when he was strangling her, they all stood up in the movie theatre and shouted, kill her, kill her, kill her. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, in the book, though, is a little bit different. The book... Um, have you ever movie. wanted to kill one of your colleagues? <laughs> no. <laughs> I might, though, with one of my scare tactics. <laughs> Give them a heart attack. <laughs> oh, um, well, the, I just want to explain something. The reason I laughed so hard when you say in our first episode that you love to scare people is because it is could not – like, it's the truest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Kelly, if you ever worked with Kelly, I'm sure that you have gone home with shit in your deck because <laughs> – it's like the oh it's the epitome of well the girls that i worked with the other week they tried to get me but i got them oh (laughs) instead (laughs) they were like filming because you know because they're idiots and snapchat trying to um like to scare me around the corner but for some reason i just thought they would be there and so i got them first (laughs) (laughs) backfire just can't prank the prankster actually i got someone at work the other day who was (laughs) because i love scaring people too and i'm not as good as it good at it as you um she was looking at the person she was talking to but walking in a different direction and i like (laughs) stood right in front of her and i was like boom she's like "Ah!" i'll often stand at our um toilet door so you go into the toilet and then you come into another area where you wash your hands and i'll just stand there so when they open the door i'm just standing i don't have to say anything that's the best (laughs) might do that tomorrow imagine doing that but working in an asylum or like oh i know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you'd probably get stabbed shanked. Well, you wouldn't scare your patients <laughs> fuck um no i mean because the nurses be on edge because of all these oh, yeah. patients <laughs> i think it was a patient especially like back then that'd be all. um and get out their ice pick yeah well in the movie it gets him um a lobotomy yeah um actually i think even in real in the book as well i was gonna say in real life like this is real <laughs> this is real life um it gets although him, a lot of this shit probably did happen oh yeah well i was um I don't know if you, if you watch Ratchet, and I think it's the first or second episode. There's an amazing lobotomy scene—the eye one that, or, oh, the, or the yeah. head. They're both. Yeah, the transorbital lobe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. When they put well, the, the ice pick in like, the eyeball. Yeah, because it's far and easier than drilling a in. hole in the yeah, temple. Yeah, that was mental. Um, I and how, I can't believe it that half those patients end up kind of okay and still able to function. Like, yeah, well, if you take out your frontal lobe, you're pretty docile. Aren't you? Oh, it's mental. But um, literally. <laughs> I, uh, for someone who does not like horror, 
movies or anything like that. I really love ghost stories. Yeah, I'm surprised that you like horror. I know. Well, I've been to a couple of the um, old asylums in Victoria, so the Aradale one and um, Beechworth. Yeah, we went to Aradale last year. I loved Aradale because the first time we had a really good um, tour guide, the second time not so much. But when you stood in the lobotomy theatre room down the back, the overwhelming feel in that room is just so... You know, in the operating theatres. Is that the one that um, is like off, not off site, but yeah. it's not attached to the. No. Yeah, I got on the morgue trolley in that one and got pushed in. <laughs> it was so good. Of she did. <laughs> I even got a photo of me like with my thumbs oh, up. No. I'm going to put that on our Instagram yeah. later. <laughs> well, in that room, um, when I went, like every. I've been there twice and both times people got overwhelmed with nausea and stuff. Like those souls that are in there just be so trapped, like tormented from what they did and what they. Um, went through mm. in there because and I'm talking back in the 1800s so there's like no anesthetics or anything but anyway that, we digress again um when's the tv show set what in the in this so it's a prequel to this movie to this book so it's the story of why Ratchet is the way she oh. is so it's set to sort of show you a bit of background oh, I didn't know that. so in the in the tv series she it it got to work it delves right back into her childhood and what she went through. Because the um, the doctor in that is a junkie. Like he, you mm. catch him like well, inhaling all whatever it is. Junkies back then. Oh really? Snuffing away and no, I don't think they were all. But I think <laughs> there was probably less regulation about it than now. Yeah, there's for certainly sure. not two people checking out your DDs before yeah, yeah. you go. But the doctor, like, there's scenes. I know this is TV, but you know. It's real to some people. Um, he's like huffing on the like mask. Mm. I don't think you ever see what exactly that is, but you would think that that would be a sedative. Um, yeah. I don't know. When is it 1960s? Well, the book was written in 62. Mm. So I'm, and I guess it's a, um, yeah, really it's just to show it's the, the interpretation of, why she might have been the way she is so yeah like a bit of a prequel to the book which is quite interesting yeah, i think is, it gives like them. gives a real different it shows her as this very put together beautiful woman which mm. is exactly what the movie showed and yeah the movie shows her um as like the book itself has this real undercurrent of um like the misogynistic and real female sexualization and quite mm, a lot of racism okay. too apparently yeah but the main character um has sort of says in the movie that he can't live under a matriarch like that. So there's this fear yeah. of this woman who is not attracted to them slightly but has big breasts and is beautiful. Yeah, and right. so in the book when he strangles her, he actually attempts to rape her and really? he exposes his breast, her breast to everybody. So there's that real um, like sexualised yeah. thing whereas the movie doesn't. Do, do that, that at all yeah right um so when was the movie made you know? 75 yeah, so right. did you know um so i suppose women's book, rights were kind of yeah there then when they like yeah and the book was in schools as um mandatory reading for many years after it was written it was deemed really? to be like this really good book <laughs> it was pulled yeah, out I mean, real quick when people famous, started like, to sort of go like oh, oh like you we I don't mean, want to talk about that everybody's heard of it like everybody um Everyone's heard of One Flew Over the Cookies Nest. Like I never read it. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't read a lot of the books I was supposed to read at school. But um, I'm pretty sure in our day, yeah, it wouldn't it wasn't have been around. Yeah, yeah. In our day, she says that like we're the same age. <laughs> oh my god! Even in my day, it wasn't around. 
But I think, um, you know, it's because it was... um, books hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and she pretty much was the original battle axe nurse. Love you it. know that super narcissistic, sadistic. And she's deemed as one of the greatest villains of all time. Wow. Female villains. That's awesome. I love that. And it's yeah, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't survive under a nurse like that because I am way too. Oh, God, I'd never be able to scare anybody. I'd get in trouble all the time. I was going to say you're way too soft. Like I showed you I was pregnant and you just cried. <laughs> you didn't even say anything. You just bawled. Yeah, but I knew, you know, that is cute. just a nice person. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, I was going to say, I wonder, you know how sometimes patients go, you're loving this, aren't you? Like when you're giving them a needle oh, or when you've yeah, got to hurt them. And I wonder if that, I don't know if it comes from somewhere down there that, so that nurses maybe used to be sadistic. Like, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever enjoyed hurting someone, but I enjoyed doing procedures. Yeah, It's absolutely. not that it's because it's hurting them, but it's because I like to get things perfectly correct. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I, um, hey, you, you thank me. Whenever you get an oncology patient that's had something done by me, you're like, oh, yeah, well, I can, I can tell that Alicia did that. Or I can tell that Alicia didn't do that. Oh, my God. You know, I'm good. Come oh, on, jeez. Um, have you done? Come on, we're talking about feminists. And, yeah. I'm, mate, I'm just owning my... What? Incredulousness. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of a good what enough a word. word. Uh, <laughs> a word with a big enough magnitude to describe oh, me. Oh, no. I reckon everyone's just turned off already. Turned off, they're not listening. They're like, oh, you were so good up until now. <laughs> God, Alicia's got the biggest head. But Kelly, she's so humble. Uh, humble. <laughs> and old. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, right. Wow. I think, you know, we, I mean, we've covered two pretty um, the diverseness. Opposite. <laughs> I think we've got Flo, he is calm and lovely and... Wants everyone to get better. And, and then genuinely cares about people. Genuinely cares. And then you got old Ratchet that just wants to do a good job so everyone kisses her ass. I love that Nurse Ratchet has become, um, you know, yeah. a commonplace sort of thing like, oh, old Nurse Ratchet, Ratchet over here. Like, you know, if someone's been a hard taskmaster, <laughs> yeah, you're like, exactly. bloody like, Ratchet, uh, come yeah. on. Like, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Two Humorous Nurses. Hopefully not a regretful life choice. (laughs) If Flo taught us anything, it's that hand hygiene saves lives and that's never been more important to remember than right now during a global pandemic. Look at us being so, like, influential Influential. and shit. Wash your hands. Um, In episode four, we're changing it up a little bit. Alicia and I love nothing better than to bicker over stupid shit. And I am grossly competitive, so we're going to go head-to-head in an (laughs) adrenaline-fueled game show-style medical terminology quiz. So make sure you tune in to see who wins bragging rights. It's going to be me. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review if you've um, listened to our first couple episodes. Share it with your mates. Um, and as always, you can find us on Instagram at Two Humorous Nurses Podcast. Uh, email us your topic suggestions, your nursing stories. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at humorousnurses at gmail.com. That's humorous, like the bone, H U M E R U S, nurses at gmail.com. Wash, Wash your, your hands. hands. <laughs>